A much maligned crop, cabbages are something a lot of us remember from childhood as a soggy, insipid, leafy green that didn't really taste of very much. But in my opinion, that memory is down largely to the cooking method. Back when I was a child, all vegetables were boiled to death until they were literally screaming for mercy, at which point they would be served. Just cooking a cabbage properly yields a beautifully delicious, crisp vegetable. Hello, and welcome to the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com and I'm here to talk about all things self-sufficiency. Sustainability and food security matters. Hello and welcome to episode 94 of the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I hope you're all safe and well. Today we're going to be talking all about cabbages and before we get deep into that just a couple of very short announcements first of all I just wanted to pre-announce that this Wednesday's interview in two days time is going to be on seed saving and it's incredibly pertinent at this time of year as we're all in the northern hemisphere at least turning our minds towards saving seeds at the end of the season so I just wanted to give you all a little heads up for that. Secondly, I just wanted to share with you some feedback I received via email at selfsufficientcontact at gmail.com. It's from Amy Woods. She writes, Hi Carl, I just wanted to let you know how much I really enjoy your podcast. Just listen to today's episode, Pets with Benefits. I love that. It really made me chuckle. I watch your YouTube as well, but I particularly enjoy the podcast as I can listen whilst doing the most tedious of jobs like cleaning and ironing. I can honestly say my house is much tidier since I've started listening. I've shared you on Facebook and tried to review you on Google Podcasts, but it doesn't seem to let you do that. I don't have iTunes, so if there's anywhere else you would like me to rate review, you can let me know, and I can, if I, and I will if I can. I'm out, out of work at the moment, so I have lots of time getting on with growing and making my own food stuff, so you've been really inspiring. And she goes on to write a couple of other things that I won't share here, but I just wanted to say, first of all, thank you, Amy. I absolutely love getting feedback on the show via email. So thank you, first of all, for taking the time to do that. And secondly, thank you for your efforts to spread the show. It is genuinely, genuinely appreciated. So if you're listening and you're thinking, how can I help the show, then one of the very, very best methods you can do it is just by sharing it, whether you share it on Facebook or on any kind of social media, wherever it is you are present online, that is probably the very best way you can help us to grow our audience. So thank you ever so much for that, Amy. I genuinely do appreciate it. And I will also get back to you via email as well. I will be replying when I get the time. So on to cabbages then. Well, as I said in the intro, cabbages are a much maligned vegetable. It's got so much bad press at, at school when we were growing up. You know, it was really unrecognisable as a lovely vegetable. It was boiled to death and it just, all, all it really brought to the table was a, a smell of cabbages, which isn't necessarily its best feature. So 
a lot of us chose not to grow them as we got older. There's also a lot of other bad press around cabbages, just about the amount of space they take up and the amount of difficulty it is keeping things like cabbage white butterflies off them. But I have to say, it's really easy to get past all those things because they really are a great vegetable. I think if they're cooked properly, they are delicious. We use a tremendous amount in our family. We use them not only as a boiled vegetable, but we also use them in season as slaw, as coleslaw. We make a tremendous amount of coleslaw for salads, and we also cut the leaves fine and just use them in salads generally. I think there's so much to be said for cabbages. There's so many different varieties. You've got the the smoother leaved varieties, which we would generally use in slaws and things like that. You've got the crinkly leaf varieties, which look really nice when they're cooked. You've got purple cabbages, you've got small ones, big ones. I just think there's so much to be said for cabbages. And beyond that, they're also available to harvest pretty much all year round with just a huge selection of varieties based on when you sow them. And when you harvest them, for me, they're a plant that we always have in our bed. Literally 12 months of the year, there will be cabbages in our bed. So that's all the positives I've got to say for cabbages. And I just think that everybody should be growing them. Now, if you're short on space, then I understand that they might not take up too much of your bed because there are lots of other things you might want to be growing but I do recommend that you find a home for one plant at least just to get in the habit of growing them and that might be just in the corner of your bed right in the corner so that it's not taking up too much space or even in a pot so it's definitely something that I highly recommend. A lot of beginners think that cabbage is difficult to grow and I certainly did when I was just starting out but it's just not true if, if you are growing in limited space and that's what's putting you off, then just choose your, your favourite variety, even if it's just something that looks impressive. Red cabbages might be one you want to go for. They do take a little bit longer to mature, but whatever it is you're going to go for, I would try and just grow at least one. They're a simple plant to grow, they really are, and they're so versatile, and like I say, the The fact that they can give you a vegetable all year round is just another really, really strong reason for me personally to always be growing them. You can find Self-Sufficient Hub content elsewhere online in lots of other places. We have a YouTube channel. We also have our website. And now there's our Facebook page and Facebook group. Links to all of these you can find in the show notes. Come check us out. So when it comes to cabbages, they're grouped by variety into seasons, really, and seasons that they are going to be ready to yield a crop. So you've got spring cabbages, summer cabbages, autumn cabbages, and winter cabbages. And within those groups, there are obviously different varieties available. So 
I suggest you find yourself one of each that you like growing at least, or maybe more, depends on the size of your plot. And that way you're going to be able to have cabbages all year round. Now obviously there's hybrids in between varieties that might breach seasons if you like. For instance, a lot of the summer cabbages you can start harvesting in June and be harvesting right through till October. And the autumn cabbages would be sort of sem September-ish through to November so there's quite a lot of overlap on some of those so it's worth just spending a little bit of time familiarizing yourself with what top, what sort of cabbage varieties you want to grow but once you've done that it's really easy to set yourself up with some varieties that will give you that crop all year round so very very loosely speaking your spring cabbages you would be planting in July and August and or rather sowing in July and August under your polytunnel or just in pots outside and then you would plant them out into the ground in October and November and they will be giving you a crop in April and May which is a really important time actually for cropping because it's a time when there's not a lot else available so it's really really useful to have some spring cabbages. We've got spring cabbages in the ground right now and we're expecting them to be cropping in that hunger gap, as people call it, in April and around that time. So the summer cabbages, you would generally sow from February and get planted out by June. And they would start cropping, if you've got them out early in May, they'd start cropping in June and they'd crop right through till October. And then your autumn cabbages, which is some of the cabbages we're looking to be harvesting in the next few weeks, they would get sown in March, April and May, and you'd plant them out, the early ones in May and the later ones in June. And they're ready to crop anytime from now through to November. And then you even get winter cabbages, which you would sow around May, June, sort of early summer, and you would plant them out in early to midsummer, June and July, and they're going to be cropping in November, December, January, February and March. So just imagine that going out to your vegetable garden on Christmas Eve to harvest your cabbage for your Christmas dinner the following day and then doing the same right through January and February, maybe when there's snow on the ground. It's just a really, really great plant for that year-round cropping. And for me, that's such an important thing. I just think it can't be overlooked. And that's why you've heard me go on about it for a little while. But I will now move on, talk a little bit about soil types. So if you want to produce really large, crispy heads of cabbages, then you're going to want a site with a fair amount of sun. And that doesn't matter which variety you're going to be growing. So if you're going to be growing winter varieties, you do want to try and find somewhere that's going to get what little sun there is up here in England or wherever it is you're growing. Perhaps you won't have as much of an issue. But if you don't get a tremendous amount of sun, you need to be aware because sometimes during the shortest days of the winter the sun doesn't reach as much of our gardens as it will in the summer so it's worth trying to find a spot that will get some of that winter sun they're going to want a decently rich soil so they're going to benefit from your general soil maintenance regime that you're enacting if you're mulching or using some kind of top dressing of fertilizer or 
compost rather I shouldn't say fertilizer that's not what I meant although you can of course add fertilizer if that's what you wish when it comes to pH the ideal range is between six and seven and a half but they're not overly fussy I mean most of our most of our annual vegetables are going to want a pH around there so it's going to be suitable to most vegetable beds before you plant also in summer, if you're going to be putting out your autumn cabbages, a lot of people would recommend using some kind of fertiliser. But again, as I say, we just make sure that our soil is constantly nice and healthy. So basically to boil all that down into a really compact piece of information I would just say that generally speaking cabbages aren't that fussy anywhere that you're having success growing your annual vegetables your cabbage is almost certainly going to be happy just carry on with all your usual soil care that you would normally with your top dressing or digging in compost if that's what you're doing digging in manure whatever it is you're normally doing to get decent results from your annual vegetable bed that same thing is going to get results for your cabbages next up we're going to be talking about sowing and planting and one nice thing about cabbages is it doesn't matter what variety you're growing it doesn't matter what time of year they're going to be ready how you sow and plant them is exactly the same it's really easy for you to get in touch with us you can do it either by sending an email to selfsufficientcontact at gmail.com or by using the link in the show notes to send us a voice message. You can send us a voice message just using your phone. You could also reach out to us on Facebook where we have the Self Sufficient Hub group and the Self Sufficient Hub page. We're always thrilled to get your feedback, questions or suggestions for future topics on the show. So however you're hoping to harvest your cabbages, whenever you're hoping to harvest them, they're sown the same way. The only thing to bear in mind is for some of them, for instance, the summer cabbages, as I say, you can sow them from February right through till March and they're going to be cropping from June right through till October. So succession planting is possibly something you're going to want to think about planting a handful of cabbages, six or seven, every three weeks or depending on your family's need that will obviously vary the amount and how often but succession planting is definitely something that you're going to want to do with cabbages particularly the summer cabbages that have the longest sowing and cropping periods they take up sort of five months of your 12 months of harvest are all going to be from your summer cabbages so you might want to think about succession planting now when you're sowing your cabbages again they're a really tiny seeds so they're going to be sown fairly shallow so about a quarter of an inch deep half a centimeter or so we sow them in seed trays you can sow them in individual seed pots if you wish we would sow if we're going in the small seed pots about two inches across we might plant three or four in each pot and then separate them for planting out now much like a lot of your seedlings i've come to realize recently that they will benefit by not being transplanted out too early we do try and allow our seedlings now these days to really get quite established when we plant them out 
Now, when you plant them out, you're going to want to firm them in, which is really quite critical for cabbages. Cabbages do like really firm soil around their roots. So make sure that you firm them in nicely. And when you plant them out, give them plenty of space because they are going to be quite a large crop. One of the things you can do to ensure your cabbages are nice and robust, one of the things that can help the plant is to create a sort of puddle where you've planted them. So you firm them in and effectively create a little puddle in the soil. That's going to do two jobs. Firstly, it's going to ensure that they've got nice firm soil around their roots, but also it's going to help to catch a little bit extra rainwater. And in doing so, it's going to ensure that you don't need to regularly water your cabbages unless you get a drought. You might need to water them once every week or two during the season and even less if you're mulching we i don't think once our cabbages were established this year we haven't watered our cabbages once all summer in fact that's a lie we watered them once when we had really really hot weather for about 10 days with no rain we watered them once and our cabbages are doing fantastically well Cabbage root fly can be an issue when you first plant out if you're in the summer, in the warmer part of the year. And we protect our seedlings with some collars, just some plastic bottles with the tops cut off and the bottoms cut off to protect them from cabbage root fly. As they get bigger, then it's going to be the cabbage white butterfly that you struggle with most. Now, also, along with those two pests, you're also going to have your regular slug issues so there are a multitude of ways of dealing with slug problem problems i've actually done an entire episode on that which i highly recommend you go and take a listen to if you haven't yet but some of the ways you can be dealing with slugs is with beer traps and increasing the predator pressure in that area but also just by going out and picking the slugs off you can of course use slug pellets if that is your bent When it comes to the cabbage white butterfly, the only way really to prevent damage is netting. Now, it's really important if you're using netting that your cabbage leaves don't touch the netting and your cabbages are going to grow quite large. So when you first net them out, it's quite surprising how much space you need to give them. You need to give them not only enough space that the butterfly cannot lay her eggs through the net onto the leaf now, but also as the cabbage grows. Now again, one of the beautiful things about cabbages when you're growing your winter varieties is this just isn't going to be an issue because these pests aren't gonna be around in the coldest weather. Another thing I want to say at this point is that I have tried an experiment this year where I am not protecting my cabbages in any way. I haven't netted and I haven't collared. And the reason for that is because after doing a little bit of research, I've just heard lots and lots of reports that, yes, yield might be slightly down and yes, you may lose one or two plants. But actually, the cabbage plant is usually robust enough to put up with this pest pressure and will still deliver for you. And I have to say that so far, results are looking good. So if this year is indicative, I'm going to be trying it again next year and the year after if things don't decrease and get worse. But I have to say so far, so good. So from now on, unless things change and I just got lucky this year, we're actually not going to worry too much about protecting our cabbages. We are going to be picking off the worst caterpillar infestations as we see them. But other than that, we're not going to worry too much because this year we haven't. And I love the 
the lack of effort involved. It's what I'm all about, you know, doing less work and getting the same amount out. So we're going to be experimenting over the next few years with just not netting and seeing how we get on. In fact, next summer I might do one row netted and one no not for a true comparison. But again, when you're getting into autumn as we are now and we're starting to see signs that frosts are coming, then we're going to be worrying less and less about these pests. You can now support the show directly. Just go to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. You can become a patron and set up to donate to the show from any amount. Pledging as little as $3 a month makes a huge difference. If that's not your thing, you can also support the show by sharing it with people you know or posting about it on social media. We really appreciate all the help that you give us. It's people like you that make this show possible. Now, if you want to save seeds from your cabbage, then there are a couple of things you need to be aware of. First of all, cabbages are a biannual, so it's that second year that you're going to be harvesting your seeds from, much like carrots. Also like carrots, they are insect pollinated and prone to cross with other cabbages. So you're going to want to make sure that you only have one variety of cabbages in you and your neighbour's gardens in flower at one time. Now when it comes to neighbouring gardens usually this isn't something you'd have to worry about because very very few people actually attempt to save seeds from biannuals, cabbages included. So if you're going to save seeds from cabbages it would be in the second year. When it comes to harvesting cabbages, it's really simple, but there's a great tip I learnt a few years ago. Basically, you just cut the cabbage head away, but once you've done that and you've harvested your cabbage, cut a little cross in the top of the plant, in the top of that stem which is left, because what will happen is that's going to encourage further growth and you're going to be able to get a second crop from your plant. Now, it's not going to grow another big cabbage head but it will produce quite a surprising number of more cabbage leaves which of course could be harvested that's all the cabbage head is it's just a tightly compacted ball of cabbage leaves so you definitely make it worth your while to cut that little cross in the top of the cabbage and just leave the rest of the plant in the ground because you will get maybe a sixth of your original yield again in a few weeks time just by leaving it be. So that's something I highly recommend. When it comes to storing and preserving cabbage, well, one of the most common ways that cabbage used to be preserved a long time ago in the States and is still done to a huge degree in Eastern Europe and other places is sauerkraut. Now, sauerkraut is just fermented cabbage. It is an acquired taste. I have to say, I absolutely love lots of fermented food, but sauerkraut is not a taste I have acquired. It is one I will continue experimenting with, but it's not one that I particularly enjoy. But if you wanted to make sauerkraut, you literally just put some salt on some crushed up finely chopped cabbage leaves and you kind of push them down almost like a pestle and mortar but you're not trying to break them you're just trying to crush them down and the moisture that's within the leaves 
without you adding any water will just come out and before you know it all of those shredded leaves will be submerged in the juices of the leaves with a little bit of salt then you just keep those leaves under the water for a period of time depending on how sour you want it and that makes sauerkraut and that will keep almost indefinitely it's fermenting away in there getting more and more sour so sauerkraut is definitely a good way to preserve your cabbages another way is to use a cabbage pit now a cabbage pit is basically a variation on a theme of root cellaring if you were to dig up a row of cabbages roots and all put them to one side and then where they were you basically just carry on digging that row down to about two feet now if you don't want to disturb your bed because you're using a no dig method then you just find another little bit of land that you can dig a little two foot trench in and you line that trench in hay or straw and then you throw all your cabbages in there root side up then you top that with hay and straw again and then cover up with soil then if you're going to get snow and things through the winter then you would also just put some burlap or an old rug or something over the top just to make it easy to get to if you've got some snow on top and that's going to work just like a root cellar and your cabbages are going to stay nice and fresh for months on end and through the winter they'll go all winter stored that way and of course as i mentioned you can store them in a root cellar there will be a root cellar episode coming up in the next two weeks or so. So look out for that one. When it comes to drying, you can dry them in a dehydrator, just like you can most of your other vegetables. The only thing I would say is that how I would suggest you use dried cabbage if you're going to do them in a dehydrator. I would shred them up nice and fine, dry them in a dehydrator, and then I would actually crush them, crush them into a powder with a pestle and mortar, and I would use them as a powder to flavor stocks and soups and things like that. I haven't found a good way of dehydrating and then reusing them as a whole vegetable. Finally, freezing. Cabbages freeze really well. There is lots of advice out there. I've mentioned freezing and blanching so many times and what blanching does is it effectively changes the makeup of the cells so that when you freeze them the water molecules within the cells of the plant don't break those cell walls which is what gives you that soggy effect now i have found that when we shred our cabbages and freeze them straight away without any type of blanching they are perfectly fine now there is a slight loss of crispness so it all depends on how important that is to you if you wanted to retain as much crispness as possible then you will want to blanch which is just boiling them in water for literally a minute or two and then freeze them but like I say, in our house, we don't because the trade-off just isn't there for us in terms of the amount of work involved in boiling them and blanching them versus that benefit. We don't really see the benefit. We're quite happy with them, just frozen as they are. With all vegetables, particularly if you're going to blanch them first, make sure you freeze them in batches the size that you're going to want to cook because if you've blanched them first, it's going to be very difficult to separate them post-freezing. That brings us to the end of our cabbage episode. I hope you've all found something interesting in there and learnt something new. I know I have just doing the research for this episode and I will look forward to speaking to you on Wednesday. If you find this podcast valuable, there's several ways you can support it. 
the easiest of which is to rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts. You could also talk about it or share it wherever you post online, including your social media pages. And now you can support the podcast directly by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. However you support the podcast, we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. See you soon.